Hi, I am Dana Irvine. Welcome to the Wise Divine Woman podcast. Welcome to the sisterhood. Today, I have Tana Inski from the California area, and she is a life coach, which I just love, with a little bit of faith in there too, which you know, sisters, we are all here for that, looking to how God is going to transform us from fed up to faith-fueled in our journey of life. So, Tana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So exciting. I love meeting other wise women with so much uh, passion and uh, beauty and intelligence, always sharing about what their purpose is, where um, mm. their driving force is, and, and then, then that clear message that you have for women in their different stages of life. Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about yourself. How, you, how are you here at this point in your journey? Oh, that's a big question. It's I love it. Question. I'll bottom line it. I'll use uh, my coaching skill to bottom line. But I'm going to take you to the beginning, though, awesome. because I will say I was adopted as a baby. So from the beginning, I have not known my birth family. Grew up in, in, uh, grew up in, in my home for 11 years and was physically abused by my mother. I grew up um, lots of fear, um, walking on eggshells, terrified, wanting to be the good girl, constantly doing everything I could to be right, to get it right so I wouldn't get in trouble. It was completely um, fear-based. And I don't remember my parents ever hugging me, holding me. I um, just remember saying, I wish we were never born. I wish we never adopted you. Like that is how I was raised. That's the beginning. And when I was 11, I was forced to move out into another home because they said, hey, it's not working out. This is like a divorce. You're no longer part of the family. You got to make this work. Okay. As the good girl, I'm like, okay, I, yes, yes. And I wouldn't, I never had my voice. I was too afraid to say, you know, anything. I just said, okay, yeah. So I lived with another family, lived with them for three months, really bad, bad experience. Just first time I wore dirty clothes to school. A rat crawled over me at night one time, sleeping on the floor, and um, called my dad, begging to go home. He said, "No, we gotta, you gotta figure this out." So I lived with another family, lived with them for four years, and then another family all the way through um, high school. So my whole upbringing was feeling incredibly unloved. I did not know God at the time, and I remember my third family. I remember um, I was sleeping in their makeshift kitchen. I was looking up, you know, like. I think that was the first time I realized I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I remember crying out to this God, like whoever he was like, why me? Like, why are you doing this to me? You know, and, and just wanting something different, like wanting to be loved, none of that. And so um, fast forward, I became a Christian. When I was 19 and God became, he was my Papa. He became the father that I yearned for. And then the healing journey begin to happen. And now today I have four kids, four kids. I never thought I would have any kids. What? How can I be a mom? I don't even know. I don't even know. But God redeems, right? He redeems her story. And that's where I'm at right now. And, and because of my past, I have learned, I can like read people. I know what it's like to be in, in pain, sit with other people in their pain. And I feel like God has given me the gift of um, discernment and encouragement 
And I've got like that Rocky Balboa spirit. And so that's, that's what I do as a coach. And he's given me so much skills and um, especially like mindset, because even as a Christian, I would always have this underlying thought, like something's wrong with me because I couldn't figure it out. Like I couldn't figure things out. Right. Anyways, I could go on and on, but I'm kind of want to read your. (laughs) No, I think that's good. And that's exactly at that turning point. And 19 is always that turning point. Sort of, we have our, we are, we're able to have our own thoughts and reach out and have our own Mm -hmm. faith. And what does faith actually mean? And, and we really sort of recognize that beyond ourselves right and it's it's so true you would have been brought up in that that Mm -hmm. uh, that true orphan mentality and that spirit of orphanage or that orphan spirit would certainly be part of your um demeanor and that that root that you would have to overcome and we know that abba daddy would would fill that need but it is coming to that point of saying there has got to be more I need. And that's where God steps in as he just so incredibly and uniquely does for each person. He comes to us so individually to, mm-hmm. to come alongside us as our true father, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this uh, fantastic opportunity of saying yes and and then having him heal us Mm -hmm. heal us from these wounds heal us and bring us alongside mentors and people who can guide you and people who can pray alongside of you so yes i I know exactly what you're saying i think it's absolutely incredible and because of the your your heart would just be so open and recognizing in different people's lives this spirit of anger or this spirit of of uh, abuse and and helping people overcome these hurdles mm-hmm. how god is going to intervene in their lives because he just gets so excited about it to see how he's going to show up right yes yes and i want to say like even as a person of faith like even as a young christian back when i was 19 at like 20 dec- you know 20 years ago um, I was like on fire for God. I went overseas for like 10 years, you know, like missionary, all that. And I will say that I did seek the Lord for healing. I prayed, I like read my Bible. I was being mentored. And I'm going to say like, this is something that I, what I'm passionate about. It's bridging the gap between faith and works, because I think sometimes, you know, in the church, we're just told pray about it. Go read your Bible, like memorize scripture or like, Hey, I'm going to pray for you. Or like, and when people, there's stuff that's in our minds, like we have 40,000, 60,000 thoughts a day, right? They're not all true, but we often live on default thinking. And I just kept thinking, why do I feel so sad? Like, what's wrong? Like, why do I feel insecure? And like, I'm a Christian and there was so much shame, so mm-hmm. much uh, critical self-talk and all that. And I would read, I mean, I kept, I did so much and it wasn't until I was willing, I was very afraid because I've been told like, you know, all that self-help stuff, you know, there's two aisles of self-help books and that stuff is, you know, it's bad. It's not, you know, it's not God-centered. And I'm so glad that I finally break out, broke out of that. And I did go get help outside 
and I believe this is like a common grace of God, right? Getting therapy, hiring my first coach, it changed everything. It changed my money mindset. It changed the way I think about myself. It changed the way I think about my family and what I think is possible going from orphan mindset to like a daughter of the king. Yeah. And so I just want to put that out there because yes, God is in, in all of that. It's, but it is in that balance. Yes. So much of the faith community mm-hmm. is still in that works mindset, right? And it is hard to get that to marry together. There's yes. a balance to things. There is a balance of God will take care and God will do, God will provide, God will do that. But you have to be doing something. Come on, sis, preach it. Yes, we gotta be gotta doing, be doing the work. A hundred percent. But it's this balance. And again, yep. without that yep. foundation, a biblical foundation that you created, that discernment, that understanding of that self-help made more sense to you than most because you mm-hmm. were willing to step outside of the bounds. You have that solid foundation as well, mm-hmm. which is necessary. But I, it, it's always, I'm always reminded, God is good and he is going to be good to you always. God mm-hmm. created all things and began yes. a discernment to understand that like you wouldn't have picked a counselor that you didn't feel was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of this understanding, understanding the goals you want to achieve yourself. And that's why having a mindset coach, that's why having uh, someone to wade through that with you, because it's getting those those thoughts down in order what is good what is godly and where is the promise in those things yes and Mm -hmm. then it's like how do i then make that work how do i work through that so that it doesn't seem so i won't say worldly but it's hard to see god in all things when you're trying to be prosperous you're trying to have abundance you're trying to create better for your family you're trying to create a retirement plan you're doing all of these things and the balance of that, of like, am I am I honestly making sure that God is centered in my life? And I found that to be hard, especially with being business building and talking with networking and, and what my what I'm training about and what I learned is making sure God is always first and foremost in all those things because there's so many brilliant things to learn in mm-hmm. the world. So, yes. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think I was thinking about this today because I coached someone today who she, that was a big struggle of hers is like, she had heard at a very young age that desiring and wanting was bad, like outside of God. So like she had a desire, this is really small, but as we do in one area, we do it everywhere else. So for her, it was, this was in high school. She had a passion for sports, a passion for running. And then, but then she thought, oh, is this bad? Is this bad that I love this so much? Is it bad that I have this desire and it, it lights me up? I come alive. And she took that as bad and she quit. And she's like, I'm just going to believe in God. I'm just going to serve God and serving and knowing God means, means suffering and denying myself, denying anything that I want. And that is twisted. Like that was like a twisted truth. And that thought, that belief that she should be um, suffering and, and not really enjoy the things she enjoys has shown up in so many areas of her life. And we are literally breaking that 
nut. Like she is becoming like transforming before my eyes. And it's yeah. so subtle, that little nuance, like you said, yeah. about doing yeah, things, she has building a business, belief. making money. Mm-hmm. She has that limiting belief about that, that inability to do all because that really wasn't in the Bible or women. And it's still this false sense of what women are supposed to do or not do and what mm-hmm. women are supposed to do for sports. So not only yep. does she have that sort of hurdle to overcome, but she also had that sort of, that's not what good Christian girls do. Boom. That is it. That is it. What are good, what are good Christian girls supposed to do? Like, that is the question. I think every woman who's listening needs to answer. Like, what are we? Like, we have invisible manuals that we have heard and collected, whether it's a pastor, whether it's our social upbringing, what we ought to do as women. And we do, we got to start questioning that because our so. God, our father gives us freedom. Yeah. And it's that, you know, we have goals. God places great goals in our mind and he, he's going to make these things possible. And it's this, this, this being creative is he loves creativeness. It's this being passionate about things. He loves when you're happy. Yes. And then it's that confirming of things, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, how does that look in today's Bible? How is that interpreted today? Where does it, and you always kind of double check as we should, should with discernment, always have that double check, have some other sister pray with you alongside of that as well and have those confirmations. But, you know, God, I, I, I always like, you always sort of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, but you know, he's like leaps and bounds ahead of us going, come on, girl. I've made the path clear. Let's go catch up. And yes. we're so afraid of that. Uh-huh. We know the next step, right? He gives us that light for that next step, yeah. right? We may not know the journey. We may not know how it's going to end, but we, we do know and trust, trust him. And I think that's the other thing that I'm so passionate about. It's not talked about in the church. It's our relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Like we've got that down, our relationship with God. I mean, that's talked about over and over, but what about the, like how we think and feel and treat ourselves. And like, do we trust that? Do we trust ourselves in the sense that, okay, this is actually what I love to do or, you know, validating ourselves. Like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud that we're doing this. Like having our own back as we, because I think so much we're looking out for a mentor or a best friend or spouse to validate us and tell us we're good enough or we're on the right path. But it's like, no, we've got a relationship with God and we have a relationship with ourselves. And, and sometimes we're going to go out alone. We're going to go do some things that are scary and hard. And if we're talking to ourselves, like, I can't believe you did that. And, oh, that's so wrong. And just, just stay back. This isn't, you know, that's a relationship that's negative self-talk, but we can also choose to like positively have our own back. And, you know, we are called to love others as we love ourselves. And so that's a huge part of my work is changing that relationship. Yeah. With ourselves. But what are some easy steps that sort of a couple of steps there that we can, you know, recognize that we actually have that limiting belief that we actually have that negative Nancy mindset sometimes. And I don't mean to, I love negative Nancy. So, but it's fun. But how do we even sort of, and that sort of drive taps into discernment. Discernment's always that lovely, amazing, incredible thing that we don't think we have, right? Or that intuitiveness that God instills in us. 
to know mm -hmm. right from wrong. How is, what are some great steps or a couple of steps that would say to help us discern our negative thinking sometimes? Okay, I have a super practical tip. Like this is, this is like coaching tip right here. What I would encourage is to write a thought download. So if you have a topic, so say it's money, I do this. So you write money and then you just start writing for maybe two, three, five minutes, all your thoughts around money. Don't overthink it. Don't clean it up. Don't judge it. You're just like writing money's hard. I don't like money. I'm afraid to like money. Um, money's bad. Um, I'm not supposed to have it. I'll never have enough. Like, and then when you write it all down, you just, you just go, don't overthink it. Then you go back and read it. That will show you like what's actually in your head, what you're actually believing and thinking. And that reveals then like negative talks. Yeah. The other thing I would say about the negative, how we can kind of discern that is our feelings. And it's so funny because here's the other thing. I'm a high feeler and a lot of times I feel like in the church, we're told like feelings are bad. You can't trust them. Don't, you know, all this stuff, like, you know, especially being a woman, I, I thought I was so bad because I had, I was so emotional. Right. But God gives us all the feelings, shame, guilt, fear, all of that. He has given us a whole spectrum. And so I feel like we can check in with how we're feeling there. It's like an indicator on a pilot on an airplane. So if I'm feeling aggravated, or like shame, you know, are, are agitated, like that's revealing something that I'm thinking. So if I'm agitated, it's like, huh, you can ask why, that's easy. Why am I agitated? Because they're not doing what they're supposed to, or no one's paying attention to me. That reveals the thoughts right there. And so that's just a, another little extra. Yeah, so. and, and it's, it's about journaling. And it's a, I often have clients sort of like, it's not so much what you're eating, it's the scenario around it like what or when we talk stress about stress all the time but i mean it's this it's not yes you know your work what is it about the work and you explore and and kind of look at that how are things not at this but it's everything else around it and mm -hmm. you're right when it's when we are talking you know when you're talking about shame and fear and you're angry and agitated it is the question or the exploration of that thought, well, why am I agitated? And again, it's this amazing opportunity to dig deep and, and look at ourselves differently, right? And so then you have all these lists, and I love money because I have my own limitation thoughts about money. So that is an incredible um, thought. So here they are, they have their list. They have the question of why am I so agitated or why am I so fearful? And they perhaps sit and explore that as well. And, and uh, that's also sort of invoking that you need to sort of stop and pause for a sec. You need to be still. You need to think it out. You need to pray about it and meditate about it. Sort of that, that just sitting in it, even sitting in shame, just sitting in it for a minute and asking yourself why. And that can, I love doing that. I love that. Okay, why? What's going on? What brought me to this point? So we're there. We've written our list of all these things we believe about money. Then what? Mm -hmm. So what I would offer is I would have someone pick their top two, maybe top three thoughts that feel really true. 
-hmm. and that probably don't feel good because like right we're talking about a negative like limiting beliefs so if, if it's something that feels really true to them and it they know that it's not serving them it's not supporting them to be what do be and do what they want to do then that's where they have to kind of start examining that so for example um I never have enough like that's a big one so if let's just say that's a thought like I, I don't ever I never have enough and the question was I would just start getting curious like put on the lens of curiosity like kind of you know like a scientist who takes things apart and just kind of look at the sentence and say huh what's enough I would do that like what does it mean I don't have enough like what is enough is is there a factual number because enough is is a moving target you yeah. will always not feel like you have enough and that always that thought kind of line of thinking translate in other areas of life too. Like I'm not pretty enough. I'm not, you know, slim enough or like my husband never does enough. Like my kid, that is, that goes, uh, that goes deep. So my thought, my offer would be to um, question like, what is enough money? Like how much is enough? Is there an actual number? And if there is, I would have them write it. And then like start looking for facts. Is it true I never have enough? Like never is a really strong word. And like, look at your bank account. Like look at the facts. Actually, no, I have, I've got money in my account. Oh, okay. So I do have money. So then it's also, I think after that place is being willing to be wrong about that story. And that's hard because stories, stories create comfort. You know, we want to be right about what we're thinking. No, let me tell you why I don't have enough. I never have enough. Let me tell you. Or I could be like, actually, you know what? I have plenty. I have plenty in my bank account. Would I like to create more? Yes. But we create more from a place of having and loving where we are now versus I don't like where I am. I'm going to get better. That's shame and blaming our way and pushing and pressuring ourselves. But here's the thing, if we have that belief that we never have enough and we start making, we, we blame and shame ourselves to start creating more money, even, let's just say that person creates $50,000, they will get to that place and still believe they don't have enough because that thought is still there. So as long as that thought is still at play, it does not matter how many zeros they put behind that number, they will never feel like they have enough right because we yeah it's this they haven't identified it and i just love that i love that that's how you sort of and and it is is dissecting things and, and i i just love that and it's so true and i i hate it's not so much hate the word enough but it's like yeah what whoever thought of that word it really doesn't explain anything it's just a catchphrase and uh it, it's deep it's deep almost all my clients have an enough story whether it's about their self-worth, about their money, how they look, it, I feel like that is a trick from the enemy. Something is there. I just notice almost every single client, it doesn't matter if they're in tech, if they're a stay-at-home mom, you know, doctor, like there is a story of enoughness and it is very important to, to get curious about that. You, you haven't looked at it, you haven't dug deep into the Bible to say where that sort of plays a role, or have you done any like mindset research about enough? Because if you've thought about it, you know people thought about it, but it's 
it is very interesting. We use it all the time. Like we host conferences. You are enough. What it, yeah, what does that even mean? Yeah. And then there's a book. There's actually a Christian book out there that says you're not enough. What? Yeah. And I have some issues. I have some issues with that. But yeah, and 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 it's praised. Like it's like, yes, we're not enough. We're not enough. And as a coach, I know as a coach, I think it's it's a little tricky. I think this is where having a definition is important. So salvifically. I believe we are not enough, right? To save ourselves. Only Christ can do that hundred percent. And I think that's where this person's coming from. However, with my background, I told you a lot of my story. I struggled with feelings of low self-worth, low self-esteem identity, right? And that's shame that comes from the fall. That's like the beginning. Shame says I'm bad. Like I'm not enough, right? it's it's changing that shame story and um but i believe we are image bearers all of us that's where we are enough we are made in the triune the image of the triune god the god the father the son holy spirit including and this is where my husband was like wait a minute what um including i would say non-believers and here's why because we're all man was made in his image and Jesus is still the Holy Spirit is still pursuing our not yet brothers and sisters who are out there they are brothers and sisters we don't know who which ones but they are all image bearers and so if we can start training our brain to start seeing and believing like what does that mean to be an image bearer like wait 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 I am my worth and value like I am created in the image of the creator, God, father, like I am, I am the daughter of the king, right? Like I am sister to Christ. Like he calls us like brothers and sisters and he is our savior. I mean, it's that, that will change everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Thank you. That is like, and, and that's and that's so good because the enough doesn't reflect how much of an image that we carry. Like it's the how can we say that you're not enough when we are the hands and feet? We are everything. It, that is a it is truly I can't even I can't even imagine what that book is, but it's you're it's such a lot. Mm -hmm. Such a lot. Mm -hmm. And I love this whole concept of like, why are we even using enough? And where, and, and that is so amazing that it's, it is truly, and I love how you said that, this is truly a lie. Like that word is a lie because as you've said, we have value, we have worth, you are uniquely made, you are, you have such, you're filled with everything that you're given. You just have to be willing to process, walk through yes. and accept those promises and, 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 and feel that, know that worth. And it does take time, especially coming out of trauma, coming out of those different scenarios, but yeah. And I will say, and this is, this is, that has been actually used that word enough. Yes. 
And I, that's why I would change. I like to change it from um, worth, like value, like our, um, I, and even identity, because that's, that's what happened at the fall, right? In the garden, the, uh, the serpent said, you know, if you eat from that tree, you will be like God, you know, and the knowledge of good and evil, right? And the thing is, is they were already like him and they didn't realize it. They had forgotten. We are just like him right now. And that is because here's the thing. We can, we, we can throw truth. This is what happened to me. This is why it was so hard as a brand new Christian because if I have a core belief, right? My mindset, you know, taking our thoughts captive. If I have a belief and a belief is only a thought that we think over and over and over. If I have a belief that I'm not good enough, really underneath that saying, I don't have any worth. I don't know my value. That's really what's at play. Then someone can tell me you're the king. You're the daughter of the king. You're a masterpiece. You're created, you know, in the image of God. And, and I would, and I would read scripture over and, and it, but it would fall off of me like a, like a water off a duck's back. It wouldn't land. It wouldn't stick because I didn't believe that I had worth or value. And until I could get to that place, everything else was created more pain. Why can't I believe that? Why can't I believe I'm his beloved? Why can't I believe that I'm, I mean, I know it, but I didn't believe it in my heart. You know, that 12 inches, like we can know the truth, but not believe it and walk it out. That's the work. And that's getting to the thoughts. And that's like getting to what do I really truly believe? And not to be afraid to really say it, to put it out in the light, because that's where we get freedom. Like, I want to see our sister saying, I don't believe I'm worthy. I don't believe I'm good enough. Like, this is my story. That is where shame cannot stay. That is where freedom, that's where the chains start falling off. Mm -hmm. And it's also a very vulnerable place. But that is where we start. That's where all the truth, that's where the stuff that's in our head begins to seep into our bodies. And we really begin to believe it when we can change our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen to that. I love it. <laughs> I just love it. I'm just like, yes. So we much, have a church up in here. <laughs> yeah, so much truth. Like, just so much truth in that. And it is hard. It's not easy. It, no. it's, it's hard to walk through. And that's why it's so important to find women like yourself who understand the steps and have this the willingness to listen and discern and be able to pick out those words that are the words that we are hearing ourselves as hurtful and unworthy. Even though we may not say it, it's this practice that we've created in understanding those little hints and clues, the change in voice, the, the body postures, things like this that all tell the tale when you're looking for or not looking for when you're helping women uh, go beyond uh, that that limiting that they have, or being able to see their true image of themselves in God's light, mm -hmm. and it's that that it's so important to have people come alongside um, from that from that life coaching or from that mindset because for a lot of us we can't get beyond that we don't know how to get beyond that or it seems impossible 
um, and or we have we compare ourselves to so many people from our, our church communities or even from our communities because we have these limiting beliefs because we have these these worth issues right and yes. uh, and that we are not not enough i'll never be enough these are false things that we create for ourselves that it's it's hard it is hard but i think the biggest step for a lot of women that i see is this is this ability or the willingness to say i am not perfect i can't be perfect without god i it's okay to be this way and it's this this sort of just puking it all out on paper puking it out to someone that you love or that you that you have as a coach to say it's okay i and then it's like a, this confession and this willingness to repent and hold on, like, repent and let go of these false beliefs so that God can get inside. And so that you have this willing heart of change to hear what someone like yourself is saying to them. Because unless we don't open ourselves up to saying, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do this by myself. And I can't hear God. I, I know he's here. I've, I've loved him all my life, but I just, he's not, I don't even feel him. I can't hear him. Uh, and, but it's this, I think it is this honoring and opening in this sort of, what am I trying to say? This opening up or opening up the vessel, like the nut we were saying, that opening and cracking the nut, mm -hmm. allow the fruit to come out. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And I think it goes back to identity because when we believe that God is good and he's glorious, then we can, we can not even just our identity, but who he is that we can, like, if he is good to us all the time, we need not fear man. Like we need not have to be perfect, right? Like what are the implications if he's good and right to towards us and and glorious mm -hmm. and all powerful like what are the implications for his daughters like how can what are the implications of how we show up in the world knowing that he's gracious like gracious 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 that's like constant like that is what to me when we can really believe that cracks open that nut to say here god like I'm human. I am, I am imperfectly perfect. That is my new, I just love saying that because I'm a struggling perfect, like past perfectionist because that was my shame, right? Shame says you're bad. So perfection is, is basically shame with lipstick on because it's like, we're trying so hard to get it right. We're trying so hard to be good, but inside we know we're not like, we know we're imperfect. We know we yelled at our kid or we're mad at so-and-so. And the thing is, it's like, we can open up to that humanity and say, yeah, like I'm human. Yep. I'm imperfectly perfect. And God is gracious and I receive his grace and I'm going to keep going. Like that has been like the most freedom. It's like embracing the, the messy middle, the spectrum, mm -hmm. right? Because the all or nothing thinking is like the lose, lose. Like when we're trying so hard to get it right and be good, it's, it's, it is a 
100% lose scenario. And um, I think living in the grace that that messiness, that imperfectly perfect is where life. I love and that. Freedom happens. It does. Freedom does happen in that revelation of like, I'm never going to be perfect. No, and that's okay. Perfect in his image. Yes, yes. It's, it's a now, not yet. We're perfect being made perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Tana, I love your passion and drive. Like, Mm. I'm just like this preach sister but it's, <laughs> because it's just this it's just this sort of yeah I, I it's this it's this drive that we have it's this drive that coming alongside other sisters that are, just keep our fire going and that's where this whole sense of community needs to come into play when we are reaching out beyond our simple borders that we have in our community or borders are, are in the different nations mm -hmm. and that's where you know because god transcends everywhere you know and how many times in revelations does he say that he is not here but there and or it, it's it's this love it is this continual hovering of holy spirit it's how we are all connected as one into the triune and it's it's uh, absolutely incredible and to see the passion because we're like days away from each other and this passion and the the holy spirit moments have just been like amazing mm. and and you know that when you know you speak truth right when you know that it's truth and you know that god is part of this and you know that he is on the move especially when it comes to identity and worth and value it's like you know spot on your heart flutters it's just like oh goodness mm -hmm. so much goodness in everything that you have said today and i just love it because it's so it's so necessary right not only is it enough for women to get beyond uh, this instilled fear in our current climate, in our scenarios around our lives and families at the moment, and around the world. And But again, it goes back to how we see ourselves in our identity so that we can then um, reflect a better attitude towards other people, other people in the communities, other people around the world. And I think it's those changes in things, it's this honoring and, and these opportunities that we're going to see so much movement and so much grace and so much change, so much positive change for everything. Mm -hmm. I love that. And like, can you imagine the change, like, like looking at everybody, the person that cut you off as an image bearer, Yeah. right? The person that, you know, like if we just looked at everybody as image bearers mm -hmm. and if they're an image bearer and he's our father then then we're all brothers and sisters yeah 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 as much as we get upset of someone cutting us off it's like you have to even to like today that was the thing that went through my mind like i really hope she's okay and i hope her mind is set and i hope she's not in that worry or there's not something going on because i've been there i've cut people off and it's just like okay i you know, you're worried about things or uh -huh. so much going on. Um, and again, it's this grace, the sense of grace that needs to happen in the world. Like give people a break, 
They, mm -hmm. and everyone needs grace. We all need to remember, and I love that image bearing uh, message. I just love how you have to remember that everyone is, a, is brothers and sisters made in the image of God, and they're on their own journey to, to create this personal, unique relationship with God if mm -hmm. they're not there already, right? So it's, yeah, yeah. And we are as well. We are the hands and feet. We have to reflect this. So I think yes. it's absolutely incredible. I love that. Can I say something else? This is the second time it's popped up in my mind. So I just want to honor it. But I love how you you talked about, um, you know, I like uh, you said something about, you know, ourselves. And then you just talked about the, the body parts. And this is something I just wanted to kind of add. I feel like as women, we we think, okay, I'll just, I'll put it this way. Okay. Sometimes we have a manual, right. Of how women should be, how we should be acting, what we, you know, all the things and some like just plain white, you know, like, um, not white, but like, a paper, like a potato sack, you know, just yeah. kind of just getting through and being the nice, the good girl, da, 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 da. And I'm just like, I'm here to say, we don't have to be the good girl. Like, we don't have to just be like wearing the potato sack and being this meek. Like God has designed women. We are powerful. And can I just say, like, I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put this out. There. I just saw this. Somebody posted this the other day and it kind of blew me away. But, you know, the women were there at the cross, right? We like they don't run away. Like uh, there was a disciple too, and when he rose again and came out, there was a woman waiting. Right, the Proverbs thirty-one woman. She was strong, smart, making money, doing the thing, and they're all different. Some of some of the you know women we see in the Bible are you know cleaning and cooking, and others are you know making and doing and encouraging and and like God is the God of flavor. He created like an abundance of color and spices and different species and like even like a leaf I've been looking at leaves they're all so different and colorful and textured and like women we can be that too godly women we're gonna be like different textures and colors and we're gonna some are gonna be super extra 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 spicy and loud and some are gonna be like quiet bland potato chip no salt you know no fat nothing you know but like my offer is that we can be women that support each other and say, hey, I love you as you are, and I love you as you are, and, and I love me as I am. And I think sometimes we hold ourselves back because we think we're supposed to be like that person or that homeschooled mom that, you know, because of mom's role or whatever someone told us it's supposed to be. But, you know, we get our orders from God. He puts those desires in that flavor and that, our, you know, that makes our heart beat. And like my offer is like live into that, like to be brave and to be who God has made you to be in that flavor. Yeah, I, I love that. that. I love that. And that's so true. That is so true. There are so many different types of women. There are so many different types of situations. There's so many different uh, scenarios. And I love that because no two, no person is alike, nor should you be. And you need to, if you're not honoring God with the person that God has created you to be, you know, then it's kind of like, wow, there's so, but much it's so scary. It's, it's so scary. scary. It's, it's scary to be different. Like, don't be afraid, express yourself, 
you know, mm-hmm. honor that, just have fun. And we've kind of lost that sense of, come I'm on, gonna fun. I'm going to go dance. I'm going to go sing, yes. put lipstick on. I need to, you know, these things that, that sometimes it's like, sometimes you can wear rings on your fingers and bells on your toes, right? Because sometimes that glorifies God, right? It's those great, incredible opportunities where women need to honor the uniqueness of themselves and be a little crazy sometimes, right? And that- Or all the time. All the time. It doesn't matter. Like there's no, we get to, it's not a should or a have to, or it's a get to. We get to partake in this beautiful life on earth. And how, how, how much more glorifying could it be for a woman that is fully living into her identity, whether she's got rings on her fingers or she's loud, but she's got the spirit of God in her. Like that is a woman who's glorifying God. You know, it's the, it's like, that's beautiful. And that's the woman that I want to be. And that I want to show up as and continue. And it's scary. It's scary because you got some church ladies who are telling you, you ain't doing it right. Yeah. You know, and you got the, the thought saying, People are judging me. People aren't going to understand. But you know what? When I'm connected to him and I'm connected to me, my relationship with me, I have my back and I know that I want, I live for him. And, you know, that's, that's the work. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So tell everyone where they can find you. Okay. So I'm on Facebook, Tana Inskeep, T-A-N-A. I-N-S-K-E-E-P. And also you'll find me on Instagram. I have a bunch of fun reels and lots of information just out there for free. Yeah, coach, I believe it's coach underscore Tana Inskeep. And we'll have all that in the in the show notes. Oh, okay, good. Oh my God. And uh, all the fun that she's about. So I know that if, you know, you feel you need that help for that breakthrough understanding the image that you're created in, I love Tana. I love her spirit about her. I love that all that God's doing in her life. And so I hope that you'll reach out and find her. So Tana, thank you honestly so, so much. One more thing, one word of wisdom that you live by. Mm. That's a good one. It is. You've already, you've already dropped so many wisdom. I feel like, yeah, you know what I'm going to say? The the fear comes up like fear is not a problem. And so my offer is just to stand in courage because fear is going to come along for the ride. Anytime we're growing, anytime you're trying to do something differently, like be more of who God's made you to be fear will show up. And that's not a problem. And courage. My offer is to just be courageous. Yes. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Tana. This has been so exciting. And I'm so blessed and honored that you uh, chose to be part of the Wise Divine Woman Sisterhood. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Pleasure.